So with that, we are moving forward with this series, um, Compromised. Compromised. And um, we are following the story of Lot and how he um, has been, um, you, you can see the compromise in him and, and, and how um, we are, um, we can learn through him and from him um, what's going on. Um, with our relationship with our Lord, with our Lord and Savior, and how um, we need we can watch out for areas where we compromise um, with the world or with what the uh, flesh wants or with, with what um, what Satan wants. So with that, um, let me make sure this works. Keep going. All right. Um, so last week, uh, the first week actually, we um, talked about doing business. That was the that was the text and we came from Genesis 13 um, and the question that was presented was what does bad business look like what does bad business look like and the answer that we came up with was moving your business to Sodom and then we asked the counterpart question um, what does good business look like and we said moving your business to the altar and so I tried to leave with this point when doing business and and even if you're not a, uh, you know, an owner of a corporation, you, we all have business that we do when doing business. Remember, all that glitters ain't gold and not all gold glitters. And so last week. Uh, we talked uh, from the following theme, time to leave them alone. Time to leave them alone. And um, uh, the question that was presented was, what are some signs that it's time to leave them alone? And we came up with four answers. Um, one is that the people have no restraints. Two, you compromise to appease them. Uh, three, they won't listen to you. And then four, they don't repent after punishment. And I, um, we tried to leave with this thought, which was, we, um, you may want the best for them. However, don't change for people that don't change. And so what we're going to do is continue um, our study of compromised, and we're going to be coming um, from the same um, chapter uh, of Genesis chapter 19, Genesis 19, and we're going to be reading verses 12 through 13. I'm going to give you time to find it in your Bibles. Um, you will, some of you, uh, those of you who watched uh, or who saw the sermon last week, um, don't worry, there is no um, advisory, no warning for this sermon. Okay, this is a, a sermon that's rated G, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, so, so no need to worry about that. But um, we are still in the book of Genesis. I'm building upon what we did um, or what we discussed last week. That's Genesis, the 19th chapter. Genesis, the 19th chapter, um, 12 through 13th verses. And... Um, I'm going to be reading it out of the Christian Standard Bible version. So you will find similar words printed in your text. 
but if you cannot find it, um, uh, do not worry. Um, I will um, do my best to have all the words on the screen. Genesis, the 19th chapter, 12 through 13th verse, um, verses out of the Christian Standard Bible. Um, they read as follows. It says, uh, then the angels said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? A son-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And I would like to come from the following topic, overruled, overruled. In court, um, you will find a judge and you will find lawyers. And when discussing a, a case, um, it is the lawyer's job to present evidence um, about the about the um, the crime that that took place. And 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 you have your prosecuting lawyer and your um, defending um, lawyer or your defense lawyer and and they will present um, evidence um, to support um, each side. And at any time um, through the through the court uh, uh, through this, these uh, deliberations, um, if one lawyer um, brings up a piece of evidence or asks a question or, or makes a statement of some type, the other lawyer can scream out objection. Objection. And what that means is that there is an objection they they disagree with or or they're calling foul on what was said or asked or or done. And then the judge um, has the the right or has the power to determine whether uh, the, that objection will be sustained or over ruled uh, whether 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 they're going to sustain or, or allow that objection and the original lawyer has to change course or they're going to overrule the objection and and let the other um, lawyer proceed as um, originally planned um, and in this uh, and in this uh, ultimately the judge has the authority the judge has the ultimate authority um, to decide um, what goes on in the courtroom. And this is why we love uh, to talk about our God as a, a judge, not only because he does these things, but because uh, God has the power to overrule um, the things that we want to do. He has the power to overrule 
what uh, uh, people say or think are going to happen. Just like we're talking about with this storm today, God has the power to overrule what the meteorologists um, say, uh, what the predictions say, what the uh, um the, the math says God has the power to overrule the storms and the situations in our life. He has the power to overrule these things. Um, now, that said, uh, and this is going to be the question that we're going to discuss today. Why does God sometimes overrule our will? Why does he? Why, do, why does God do this? And, and that key word is sometimes, because some, we, we know that God does allow us to do the things that we want. Um, but, but then there's sometimes where he doesn't. And, 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 and wh- wh- why does this happen? Why, why does God, God sometimes sustain? <laughs> and then he sometimes override. Why does God override uh, or overrule our will? And so this is what we're going to be discussing um, today in uh, Genesis 19. When we just to pick it up from last week, um, we have angels um, in the house of of Lot and and um, there is a mob outside um, that is um, getting ready to hurt them. And again, if you want more details, go back to the last sermon and check that advisory warning. But uh, these angels are in. Um, um, Lot's house in, in Sodom. And, and we know as readers that um, uh, the angels are coming there to destroy the city. Um, but now the angels are finally um, in the in the text. They're finally revealing um, to Lot um, why they are here. Um, and you can see that there is a sense of urgency uh, behind uh, what the angels say. So let's read. Um, let's let's continue to um Let's let's continue to read. So Genesis 19, um, uh, verse 12, it says, Then the angels said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? A son-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place. Verse 13, For we are about to destroy this place. Uh, because the outcry against its people is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Okay. Now, I, I want to uh, focus real quick on uh, that phrase, uh, the outcry against its people um, being so great before the Lord, because uh, if if uh, there are certain versions of the Bible that have read the um, that are translated uh, slightly um, differently, and 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 we want to we want to address this because this is this is an important important point that um, you know some say the outcry of its people and then there's uh, most versions will say the outcry against its people. Why are you being so technical, James? Is because it does matter who is crying out. Okay, follow me. Follow me. Uh, uh, if you if you read the text in its context, we know that back in um, Genesis um, eighteen um, um, and and verses um, uh, in verse twenty one, uh, we we see how uh, uh, God is 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 introducing this 
um, to Abram um, or Abraham and um, about um, about what he um, about what he's getting ready to do um, and sending his angels down. And he talks about, um, you know, the outcry, which has come to him. But if you look again, if you look further on, you know, Abraham starts to talk about the um, righteous, the, you know, the 50 righteous and the 40 righteous and, and, and what Abram, Abraham uh, reveals to the reader, uh, which is what God already knows, is that there is the wickedness is so pervasive. It's so integrated that that city, Sodom and, and also Gomorrah and, and the others are so wicked that it, you can't even find 50 righteous people. You know, St. John, I, I believe, I don't know how many of us are online. I, I counted at least 20, 25. Just us, just this church. You know, we, we got we got people in L.A. <laughs> we got people in L.A. Uh, uh, righteous. I'm talking about you couldn't even you couldn't even fill up a you couldn't even fill up a Sunday school class with the with the righteous people left in. In, in Sodom and and um, God was saying that even uh, if you have a small Sunday school class of people he'll still save the city um, and and what's being revealed is that it is barely even that um, why is that an important point because what it shows is that it's not Sodom that's crying out okay it's what it is is other people are crying out against Sodom. Okay, this is important. Why? Because the reason God is getting ready to destroy this place is because the collective outcry of people against Sodom was what? So great that the Lord has sent us, you know, the angels talking to destroy it. Because the people were so unified in their uh, in their cries and their prayers uh, to the Lord about what was going on, because of that, the Lord sent the angels uh, uh, to answer their prayer. And so, the question I have for you today is this: What if we were united in our prayers? Mm. What if Christians? all across the nation would agree on what we're praying about. Let's not even talk general. What if St. John was all on one accord with what we prayed about? What if we were united in our prayers? And I say this because you know, sometimes God might not do what we want because we don't know what we want. <laughs> you ever thought about that? You ever thought that God might just be saying, hey, you know, St. John, you need to make up your mind. What do you want? What do you want, St. John? You want to you want more youth? You want to have a bigger impact in the community? You want the building fixed? You want a new parking lot? You want a gate? What What do you want, St. John? Because we're, we're not aligned. 
there's people praying for this over here and then people praying for this over there. And, and what do you want? And some of us, you know, not even St. John, some of us may need to uh, have prayers with our families. What do we want? What do we want? I, I, I feel God is asking us today. What do you actually want? Move on, James. All right. Uh, moving forward, moving forward. Uh, verse 14 through 16a. And then um, verse 14 uh, reads, it says, So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Yeah, we, we, we know when, when we talk about, you know, Jesus is coming back, you know, people think we're joking too. Um, but keep moving, keep moving. Verse 15, at daybreak, now, let me let me say this one more time at daybreak. Um, wait, hold on, hold on. Didn't the angels come yesterday and then all of this stuff happened last night? And and wasn't I mean, let me go back. I'm let me make sure I read this right. Uh, a lot heard, you know, what was going on and he. Um, went out and spoke to his sons-in-law. So wouldn't you think that if it was urgent that you wouldn't be waiting until daybreak? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that if, if, if somebody came and told me that my house is about to be raided, I'm not, I'm not trying to wait until the morning. Does, let me keep reading at daybreak. The angels urged Lot on, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. Uh, but in the first part of uh, verse 16 says, but he hesitated. Huh? What was Lot waiting for why did lot hesitate and you know part of a, a part of me wonders why was he has why did he hesitate now the scripture doesn't give a reason but that, that, that's the, the question you know, what are you waiting for? Lot, what are you waiting for? You've heard the angels saying that they are getting ready to destroy it. And if you stay around any longer, you're going to get swept up. What are you waiting for? Why are you still there? Why are you hesitating to leave? And all I can do is, 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 is speculate. Maybe, maybe it was fear of the future. Maybe a lot didn't know what the future would look like, uh, but only if he knew that um, he doesn't have to know what the future holds, but the one that holds the future. 
maybe Lot didn't take the warning seriously. You know, maybe, you know, they're still there at daybreak. You know, nothing's been destroyed. Uh, maybe Lot didn't think it was um, uh, uh, going to happen like he thought it was going to happen. Um, in that say, sense, he might not have said it was a joke, but he was kind of like his sons-in-law. Maybe he thought it was, you know, not that serious. And, you know, sometimes we do the same thing where we, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, God tells us to do something. We just don't think it's that serious. Um, it's also possible that God, um, Lot um, was grieving. You know, this is this is remember, we talked about how much Lot loved this place. Um, he loved this place. Um, he loved Sodom. It, it was it was good for him. Um, it, it was good to him as far as business and whatnot. And uh, maybe he's just maybe he's grieving. Maybe he's he's not ready to move on yet. Um, and I know some of us you know, struggle with that, too. Sometimes it's, it's hard for us to move on from something that's going to destroy us. Um, because that's what we know. That's what we love. And and and, and it's hard to 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 let things go that that we believed comforted us or or aided us or helped us. It's hard for us to let these things go. And so the same question I'm asking a lot is the same question um, we have to answer is what are you waiting for? If God has called you out of something and he's called you with urgency, what are you waiting for? What's what's keeping you there? What's holding you back? Well, Lot did hesitate. But the rest of verse 16 reads, it says, because of the Lord's compassion. Because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men, look at this, grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. They brought him out and left him outside the city. Uh, so my, my the original question was, why does God sometimes overrule our will? And the answer is because he chooses to have mercy. Lot was making a decision to just linger, to lollygag, to hang around, to not treat this with the urgency that the Lord had sent his angels to, um, uh, 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 to pass on. He, he, he was willing even to risk being destroyed in the punishment that wasn't even for him. He was willing to do that. He was lollygagging. And, and, and if you think about it, uh, the sons-in-law were left behind. Uh, and the angels could have easily left Lot behind because he just took his time and the angels got work to do and they got to do what they got to do. But 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 the Lord's compassion was upon Lot. And because God had mercy upon Lot, 
he and his wife and his two daughters were were taken, grabbed. Okay, this wasn't this wasn't escorted. This wasn't a, 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 a you know follow the leader. They they were they were forcibly removed from the situation. They were removed from the punishment that wasn't even theirs to experience. Sometimes God will overrule our will. uh, Why? Because he just chooses to have mercy. It wasn't because Lot was so good. It wasn't because he had a family. It wasn't because he had money or or, or property or, or, or ties with. It wasn't because of that. It was because God had compassion upon him. Now, let us not forget that, yes, that 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 God, uh, uh, that it does help uh, that Lot was was um, with Abraham. It does help that it was he was related. It does help that Abraham interceded uh, for a lot and that he prayed that that God would not uh, uh, destroy the righteous along with the wicked. It does help that Abraham um, stood in the gap for him. Yes, it does help. And 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 yes, Abraham, uh, I would say, did um, have an influence uh, upon it. Uh, but but in the end, God, as the judge, decided that he would have mercy upon Lot. He decided, he chose to have mercy upon Lot. Not because of Lot's goodness. Uh, if Again, if you uh, think that Lot is so perfect, you might want to check out the last sermon. Not because he was so good, not because he was uh, 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 sinless, but because God himself decided to have mercy. And I know this may not sit well with some of us, but do you realize God saves us because he felt like it? God saved us because he felt like it. Not because we were related to so-and-so, not because we went to church so many times, not because we know the Bible backwards and forwards, not because we tithe, not because we're nice to people, but because God decided out of his own free will and out of his own loving kindness, he just decided that I'm going to save James. He just decided that, that, that I'm, I'm going to keep him and, and, and bring him out. He just decided uh, that he would he, he, he would uh, hold on to me. He just he just decided that. And, and, and I'm so grateful and, and thankful because Romans 5 eight talks about uh, the ultimate decision that 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 God proved his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were uh, still in our mess, while we were still acting like sodomites, while we were still thinking the Lord was joking, while we were still hesitating, Christ died for us in the middle of our sin, in the middle of our wickedness, in the middle of our, our rebellion against God. He proved his own love for us and that he did not wait for us to turn around. He did not wait for us to walk out to safety. He did not wait for that. He did it anyway. Christ died for us. And Christ was buried. And on that third day, Day that early Sunday morning, Jesus got up from the grave and he walked out that tomb. 
And he lived that new life that, that, he, uh, that God has given uh, to those who believe. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because God felt like it. So I, 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 I don't know about you, but I thank God that he overruled us. Let me just talk about myself. Thank, I thank God that he overruled me. How many times have I shared this story about being a pastor? Y'all know my life was going a, a different way, but, but God overruled what, what, what I was planning. And, 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 and I thank God that he led me on the path that I'm on. Is there anybody online that can say the same thing? I know you're muted and that's all right. But is there anybody at, at, in your house that can say the same thing? That God overruled what you had planned. That, that God overruled what, 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 what you thought your life was going to be. That, that God overruled what, what others thought that your life was going to be. What, that God overruled what society thought that your life was going to be. That God overruled what your bank account said that you were going to do. That God overruled all these things. Is there anybody that's 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 grateful for that? See, and let and let me as I'm bringing it down, I'm you know understand that God will not be merciful to everyone. Now you, you realize that if you were merciful to everyone, it wouldn't be mercy, right? You you realize that. If God was, you know, had to be merciful to everybody, it's not mercy. That's an obligation. Our God is not obliged <laughs> to anybody or anything. He is God. He is on the throne. He is the judge. He calls the balls and strikes. He sustains and overrules. That's what he does. You know, Psalm 115 says our God is in the heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Our God, <laughs> who are we going to tell God? What, who are we to tell God what to do? And God chooses to be merciful to people because, because he wants to, because he, he felt like it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be mercy. Hmm. So let me, let me, let me close. Let me close. In the end, you need to remember your role. I need to remember, you need to remember that you are the lawyer. Let God be the judge. You know, you can be a defense lawyer or a prosecuting lawyer, you know, but, but the lawyer's job is to, to advocate for your side, uh, to intercede on behalf of your client, um, to be able to approach the bench, um, to speak with the judge. Um, but remember, you're the lawyer. Okay, you, you've got to let God be the judge. You know, you can you can bring the objections, but uh, but God decides what to sustain and what to overrule. God decides whether he's going to let, he's going to save or 
or condemn. God decides who he brings near and who he allows to stay away. God, God decides that. But our jobs as lawyers is to, uh, is to advocate and intercede on behalf of the client both ways. That we would plead with the Lord that, that he would save those that we want saved. That, 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 and, and then on the other side, that, that we would plead with the Lord that uh, destruction would come upon the systems of injustice and, 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 and that those that are perpetrating unju- injustice would be stopped. Our job is to lawyer, but it's God's job to be the judge. And, and, and I say this because your power as a lawyer comes from speaking to the judge, right? You cannot be effective as a lawyer when you are in the crowd. You cannot be effective as a lawyer when you don't speak up. What if all the lawyers in the house spoke up? What if all the lawyers in the house got together and decided to ask the judge for something specific instead of fighting each other on what's more important? We must speak up. We cannot be quiet. We are the lawyer, but understand God chooses what he chooses. He is influenced. He can be influenced. Um, We can pray to him, uh, pray to him and advocate on behalf of of our point. He, he, He can. He does listen to us. That's why we love him so much is that he sits so high, but looks so low. He, he does listen. However, you are the lawyer. Let God be the judge.